Network 2, Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner and Wyatt Thompson, 537-1350 is our number. We're going to talk Adrian Martinez in just a second, plus the matchup against South Dakota. Gene Taylor, Athletics Director of the Cats, is joining us in about 15 or so. But why I got to ask, last month, George Strait was at Arrowhead Stadium. Did you get to go? I did not. <sighs> I know. Darn. It's disappointing. I was there. Were you really? I went. My when... sister uh, wanted to go for her 30th birthday, so I bought tickets for her, her husband, my girlfriend, and me. Girlfriend couldn't go. She got COVID, so a friend of uh, her husband, uh, uh, my sister Shelby, her husband went okay. instead. And... Uh, Sorry, country fans, but I don't really care about uh, Little Big Town. Chris Stapleton was was pretty good. Um, I think he's wasting his time in the genre of country, uh, but uh, I think he should be with Leonard Skinner or something. Uh, but uh, George Strait, I'll tell you what, he's he's 70 now, and uh, he still got it. Oh, yeah. He still sounds really good. Yes. And I, I'll only say this very briefly. I don't want to get into a big deal about this, but... I'm with you on the what they're trying to pass off as country today, and I say that based on yeah. I know for a fact that I'm a very traditionalist guy that way, but uh, George is the best. Well, and about Chris Stapleton, he's a great guitar player. He is proved that, right? that at that concert. I'm like, well, I, I if you can sell it to the country crowd, that's awesome. Yeah. The thing that makes George Strait great is the fact that he knows how to pick songs. He's never been a great writer, probably not even been a great musician, but he has the, an innate ability to pick music that will be hits for him, and he's done it forever that way. I mean, that guy's got 60 number one hits. Most people don't have 60, 60 songs. I didn't know it was that many. <laughs> it's, it's insane. But anyway, um, I, I wish I could have gone. It just, just didn't kind of work out. Well, I think he's getting ready to now have a residency in Vegas. So really, maybe he can make that work. I don't know, but uh, it's worth it. I, I I tell you what, it was worth the money. It was definitely worth it to go see uh, the King. Well, I probably should have added to that little summation there too that he has a fabulous band. His his band is a terrific country band. Oh, do you remember what they're called? Yeah, uh, Ace uh, in the Hole. That's Ace in the Hole band yeah. came back to me. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Let's talk Adrian Martinez Let's real do quick it. because, uh, well, expectations for the offense. It's just kind of the uh, the topic of these next few moments. Uh, that is, of course, Deuce Vaughn going after that Heisman Trophy, baby. <laughs> uh, I am the campaign manager for his Heisman Trophy campaign, and I'm going to be uh, his publicist for many weeks to come. You're going to hear it every week. Uh, he's going to score multiple times against South Dakota, and that's just going to be the start of it. But, of course, the expectations, it all surrounds – how good Adrian Martinez can be. And I'm talking, you know, record breaker at Nebraska. He holds multiple records at Nebraska. And I think the Cornhuskers proved that uh, Adrian Martinez wasn't the problem. Wasn't the problem. Well, it's an interesting take. I, I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, you're basing that on, you know, what we saw Saturday in Dublin, right? And I understand it uh, to a degree. I've said this for a lot of years, and not that I'm a guy that has all the answers by any stretch of the imagination, but I think most football people will tell you that the two people that get most heavily criticized and praised are the head coach and the quarterback. I really like Adrian Martinez. I think he's a terrific athlete, but up and above and beyond that, 
Uh, he has a lot of experience. Yes, there were some issues there, whether it's turnovers, losing close games, or what have you. But I would like to think that you know maybe things can be better for him here for a multitude of reasons. And I'm going with that until proven otherwise. Well, I, I truly think there's going to be you're going to see a difference. Uh, I mean, it, when I go back to you know when he, his turnovers, he does have a large amount of interceptions in his career. Um, not every one of them was his fault, of course. I think you're going to see a difference because he's going to have a much better of an offensive line to protect him. He won't have to roll the pocket and take as many gambles. And those maybe you could put on him, the gambles he would take when he was playing for Nebraska that would turn into turnovers. Unnecessary, unnecessary things would happen at times. But in Nebraska, he had one of the worst offensive lines in the country. And even if you watch that game in 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 Dublin, Ireland, on Saturday, I, I still don't think the offensive line was very good. I had a hard time running the football, losing in the trenches. Um, so, uh, and uh, you know, Casey Thompson wasn't the same quarterback he was after the first couple of drives against Northwestern. Which, by the way, would you kick the onside kick after two straight scores? No, and, and that's to me that's the story. You're up twenty-eight seventeen. You have all the momentum in the world. I'm sure the thought process is, is we get this and the game's over. I understand that. But you're up 11. You know, let's live with that. Kick it deep. Make them drive it on you. Because, I mean, it's not like Northwestern is, um, you know, Oklahoma or OSU out there throwing it around or somebody like that, Michigan or whoever it might be. Um, my goodness. I, to me, that was the biggest mistake of the game. Agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it completely turned the momentum. No completely doubt. turned the momentum. Yeah. I mean, Nebraska didn't score again. But back to Adrian Martinez, to me it's simple. Limit the mistakes. And also I want to throw in, uh, I mentioned him last week, Malik Knowles. I know he's got it in him. I absolutely know he has it in him to be a consistent, productive wide receiver. Yeah. Instead of at the end of seasons. Well, I think he's been a pretty productive receiver. I think I think what you're saying is is can he make another step and and be the guy? Um, and, and I I'm like you. I think he has it in him. He you know one thing that I think will help him this and the, and I think this will also help Adrian is and you kind of touched on it there with all of the other people available. Um, you you know what Philip Brooks can do. You think you have a pretty good idea what Malik Knowles. Deuce Vaughn can do. If Martinez is what they think he shows in practice that he is, and if the offensive line, knock on wood, stays healthy and is his quality, and I have no reason to think it won't be, this, I mean, this could be a pretty good offensive team. I just, and there are other guys. I mean, I, I'll just say this. Cade Warner is a much better player today than he was at any time last year. Well, I hope he's also, better at wide receiver than at Celebrity Family Feud. Is that right? I taped it, but I <laughs> haven't seen fun, it yet. A couple of interesting answers. Is that right? He, he made a statement on uh, Twitter. Is like, I swear the the rest of the family were taking my answers, but they were just <laughs> there were a couple of answers like, hmm, I don't, huh. I don't know about that, but well, I, I just give him a hard time. Well, I think when you're on when you're in the spot like that spotlight like that sometimes it's yeah. you know it is what it is I, but again i haven't seen it yet but my wife wanted me to tape it <clears throat> and we were watching baseball um so we didn't didn't see it live obviously but i'll watch it see see he's just a neat kid and i think he's really a, a young man who has grown in the program 
I think it says a lot about the, the team where he and, and Adrian were both elected captains. That's a, that's a thing where you have to have a lot of respect from your teammates, and I think that is the deal with these two guys. Um, whether you want to talk about the Nebraska angle or not, t- for me, I'm not evading it, but I think it's more about what they're doing here and their commitment to this team as opposed to what they had done or you know, their time in Nebraska. Well, I, I want to ask you, since you're here, I want to get your perspective of R.J. Garcia and what you've seen him be able to do at practice. Well, he was really, really good in the spring. I, I think he took a big step in the spring. And I think he's continued that in the fall. I, I don't know if it's perfectly at the same level, but I do think there are other guys that have gotten better over the summer. And so it may not appear as such. What I mean by that is, is I'll give you an example. As, as an example, Keenan Garber. I think those guys are pretty similar in, in what they bring to the table and how they play. And I think you're going to see both of those guys. You know, RJ has a chance, though. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good route runner, he has really good hands, he can run, but so can Keenan. I, I just think what I'm most excited about is the possibility of all of the ways K-State can play. Multiple is what Colin Klein likes to say. I think they can play faster. I think they can slow it down. I think they can do a two tight end fullback running back set. I think they can go five wides. It's it's pretty been pretty much been well documented that they want to take their offense from 57ish plays a game up to, you know, 72 or 3 or 4 or 5. Let's see if they can do it. I'm looking forward to the oohs and ahs from the crowd at <laughs> Bill Snyder Family Stadium, which I've heard there's less than 1,000 tickets left. So That's awesome. Go get those tickets. Let's sell out the bill for uh, the season opener this Saturday at 6 against the Coyotes. I'll be honest with you. I don't know uh, much about South Dakota yet. Yeah. I'm early in my prep for Powercat game day coming up on Saturday. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Coyotes coming from the FCS to take on K-State. Seven-win team a year ago but went to the playoffs, lost a game to Southern Illinois. They were thrilled to get there. They did a lot of good things in the back half of the season to get there. Really, really well coached. I think you have to start there with Bob Nielsen. He's been around a long time, um, won at multiple places. They have a veteran quarterback. They have a couple of good running backs, one of which is from Kansas. Travis Tice is from Pratt. Um, I think you're going to see this as a, a typical FCS team. Pretty well coached. They have good skill people. Um, a lot of Florida kids on this roster, both offensively and defensively. So hard to get young people to South Dakota, but for there's some ties to Florida there. That might be a culture shock. <laughs> Probably so, but they, they're integrating those guys into the program. The question will be in this game, and for them through the season, especially early, their schedule is really pretty harsh early. They, they have K-State here. They have Montana early. They have North Dakota State early. They have South Dakota State in the first half of the season. That is a pretty monumental stretch right there. So I think it's a good team. How good? Time will tell. Yeah, and another thought I had about Adrian Martinez, another thing about him and expectation hopefully is just to stay healthy. Sure, you have to. I mean, that's it's yeah. gigantic. Yeah, and, and it's hard because of the physicality of the game and – you know, he, he's certainly going to run the ball some. I don't think there's any question about that. So you hope he can have the kind of year that he wants to have. He's fought back from the shoulder injury, and he's done, you know, really well. 
again, I'll stress this. I've been so impressed with the way he has fit in with this group. He's humble. He works hard. He he's conscious of all of the things that people say. I believe about you know got to clean this up. Got to but at the end of the day, there's some coaching involved in that. And I, I I'm a big believer in Colin Klein. I think he will be good. Um, can he be good enough to get K State to where they want to be? There there's your question. Well, I am so excited to see this team play on Saturday Me just too. to see what the offense looked like. I'm looking forward to see this offense show a little bit of tempo, which is. I don't think it's ever happened in the history of Bill Snyder Family Stadium. A <laughs> uh, uh, K-State offense show a little bit of tempo. So it's if you want to see history made, folks, be at the Bill this Saturday, 6 o'clock, as the Cats take on South Dakota. And, man, I'm looking forward to this defense dominating. Yeah. I really the, am. It's going to be a good defense. Um, again, I think the, the real key, I think, to, to talking about K-State in 2022 is the increased depth. It isn't perfect by any stretch yet, but in so many areas they've gotten better. And the the fact that they have so many highly productive players back from last year, whether it's Deuce Vaughn, Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, Deuce Green, Eli Huggins, those two corners, you know, you just I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, staple of of uh, horses there, if you will, in the stable, to be honest with you. I mean, and, and then the the pieces that they've added to that, whether it's Josh Hayes, whether it's Adrian Martinez, you know, I mean, we talked last last hour about DJ Giddens getting two reps at the running back spot. He's kind of a new guy. Let's turn him loose and see what he can do. Oh, I'm ex- yeah. I've been advocating for him since he was in high school. <laughs> uh, watching him play at Junction City, awesome, awesome oh, yeah. talent. And uh, there's no doubt about it, he's going to play on Saturday against the Coyotes. I'm sure somebody else who's excited to see the Cats play on Saturday, that's the Athletics Director of K-State, Gene Taylor. He joins Wildcat Insider next. You're listening to Wildcat Insider News Radio KMAN. I'm Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. Travion Berkland is our uh, board up for today. And we're now pleased to be joined by the Athletics Director of K-State. That is Gene Taylor. Gene, it's great to have you back on the show. I think it's been since April since we had John last. So uh, how was your summer? Did you get to do anything fun? Yeah, it was good. It's uh, first of all good to be back on. I guess that means uh, we're back in the thick of things. And, you know, obviously we are getting ready to kick off um, – you know, Saturday, like you said, we've already had a couple of volleyball matches and some soccer, but summer was good. We got a little time off and played some golf and uh, just had a great summer. Well, it was uh, back in March. Something really exciting happened. This hire you made just knocked the introductory press conference out of the park, and he now has a full roster for the upcoming basketball season. How do you feel so far about your hire at basketball coach in Jerome Tang? Well, I feel really good about it. Obviously, he's got a lot of energy and um, you know, he certainly, uh, I don't know the stress he was under. He, if he was, he certainly hit it well in terms of being able to put together a full roster. As you know, we all know, he walked in and instead of having a full roster, he'd end up with two players, which again, hats off to Ish and Marquise and all they've done to help, you know, build that roster back. Uh, but he's, you know, I like what I've seen. He's obviously out promoting the program. He gave his cell phone number out to the entire student uh, at a welcome back, and next thing you know, they're texting him, inviting him to 
frat basketball tournament. So um, he's, <laughs> he's been fun. His staff's great, too. They're, they're really good. Gene, in the process of meeting him and talking to him multiple times, hiring him, bringing him to K-State, did you have any sense that he was going to be this, quote, fan-friendly? <laughs> you know, I, obviously his, his energy and his personality – He's got one of those kind of personalities that you just you're drawn to uh, right away, and you just like him, and you feel good to be around him. I didn't know he was going to be such a, a promoter of, of over our not just basketball but our program. I mean, he's been to football practice a few times, and mm-hmm. you know he just he's, he's all in, and ultimately you know he'll be focused on basketball solely here in a little while, but. Uh, no, he just, he's been great and been a great addition uh, to the staff. I know we want to talk about football here in just a little bit, but I, I want to get this in before we forget about it. I had the opportunity to tour um, two projects that are currently underway in, in terms of being built, and that's the football indoor and, of course, the volleyball slash Olympic training facility. It was so impressive for me. Kind of give us a sense of, what you like about where this is headed, all of the things that have gone on in the process of the building, and obviously they're on track. We're looking at the football facility to be done, what, the first part of November and then, what, next summer, I guess, for the other. So lots and lots of stuff going on there. Both of those will be beautiful facilities. Yeah, they really are. And, uh, again, just a, a tremendous thank you again to all our donors that made, made these things possible. And you know, I think from a football perspective, to have everything right here—not uh, that the indoor was far away, but you know, it certainly wasn't right next door. And and from a recruiting perspective, I think you know it, it's really going to help that. And then just from a practice and being able to work better in terms of having two fields, you know, side by side of one another. Um, you know, and then not sure yet how we'll use it in game day down the road, but so, certainly that might be an option. And then obviously the volleyball Olympic Training Center really going to touch not just volleyball but all of our sports with their ability to have a, a, a weight room and training pro, training center that's as big as, as the football uh, facility. So just a lot of benefits to so many student-athletes uh, with those two projects. That's going to be very, very special. And They're right, so far uh, on time, and that's, that's, uh, that's important. We're talking to Case Athletics Director Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insiders. So it wasn't too long ago the new commissioner, Brett Yormark, who's been on the job for a little less than a month now, showed up to Manhattan to check out the facilities, meet you, some coaches, student athletes. But of course, I mean, his job is really full right now with, you know, whenever it starts to happen, if it hasn't already, with new TV rights negotiations. Also, you never know if the Big 12 decides to expand further to try to keep up with the SEC and Big 10. But from meeting him, knowing his resume, does he feel like the right guy that can make these things happen? He's certainly been very impressive in the meetings we've had so far. Obviously, his his connection and understanding of the media world and the and then that part of the you know which is really important for us right now as a conference as we venture into whenever we open up our renegotiation of, of our TV rights. Um, you know, he sees things very differently from a different lens. His background is not in college athletics. It's obviously in the professional world and even the entertainment world with Rock Nation and all those things. So he's well connected uh, to a lot of folks in the industry, and I think that's going to be beneficial for us. Um, he comes in with a fresh perspective. He's got a lot of ideas. Um, he really was impressed with his tour of all of our campuses and, and the investment that we've made in student-athletes, not only from a physical facility side but just all the, the benefits that student athletes have in terms of 
know, medical and athletic training and, and strength and conditioning and uh, mental health and all those uh, nutrition. So he was really pleased with his visit. But he brings some fresh ideas, and uh, you know, it's it's he's he's his personality is such that he's very aggressive, but he's not willing to listen. He will listen, and he knows what he doesn't know, right? And and that's been important for us to be able to share our thoughts with him and and get his perspective, and he gets our perspective on things. K State Athletic Director Gene Taylor joining us on Wildcat Insider, our first program of the new academic year. And as we get started, Mitch mentioned this a moment ago before you came on, roughly a 1,000 or so tickets is all that remains for the South Dakota football game on Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Got to make you feel pretty good that this, this offseason <laughs> has really grown in terms of the fan excitement, hasn't it? It really has, and you feel it uh, just in talking to people and just you know seeing things, uh, whether it's social media and then obviously our ticket sales are – are, are tracking very very well. Uh, you know, we were kind of comparing everything to 2019, which was really our last true normal season, so to speak. Uh, our student sales are up. Uh, we may hit 7,000 for the first time in a long time, which would be awesome. Um, but there is a lot of energy behind this team. I think just coming off the season last year with LSU, some of the additions that we've added uh, with some new players, and then just the returning players. It's a pretty you know solid group and. You know, I think Coach talks a lot about it. It's just the culture and the leadership, and you know, a lot of those things uh, can go a long way. But uh, we're going to find out Saturday, that's for sure. And I, I'm excited about the, the crowd being hopefully almost sold out. On the topic of football, now, as a 32-year-old that likes to play video games, I'm very excited about next summer because it's the return of the NCAA football game, the video game. But EA Sports will now have to reach out to – all the athletic departments because NIL is a factor now and to just get things organized with the video game in NIL. So has EA Sports reached out to K-State yet? If they have, and I don't really know where it is, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we obviously Learfield is our, is our partner and, and obviously they play a role and like you said, the NIL. I don't know exactly what our conversations are and I know they haven't been recent. So, And I think, again, there are some legal stuff that they're i don't know <laughs> i just know they have reached out and we've talked to them but we haven't really moved uh, very far with them yet but you know certainly if we can get everything that that's important to be you know talked about and looked into obviously you, you want to be a part of that but I, there's i think a lot of schools at the state level that they haven't signed on yet from what i understand gene i talk about this when i'm out there quite a bit about the name image and likeness stuff with the collectives that are involved with k-state can you give us a sense of how connected they are to you and the athletic department at K-State and just kind of the state of the union there? I mean, how connected are they? What, how, how involved are you folks with those collectives and those kind of things? Well, you know, we're certainly limited. It, it, it kind of continues to evolve with, <laughs> with how this thing's gone. But the two collectives that we have are very involved, very connected in terms of with our compliance staff, with mm-hmm. our compliance staff. Reaching out to them, running you know questions and concerns through them, and and presenting you know any any deals that our athletes have signed, so and let them have a take you know take a look at it, make sure it passes muster, so to speak. And so we are involved in 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 terms of educating them and helping them through the process and making sure they're doing it the right way because that's that's critically important. And they've been great. Uh, and and right now I I think the two that we have are very invested in trying to make it 
go well and, and provide opportunities for our athletes in the right way. And, and we feel very good about them. So, um, you know, it's just there's only so much we can do, and, and we have to be careful to not do too much. Um, we don't want to be a story that's out there. Uh, we want to do it the right way, and I, and I think our kids are having opportunities, and, and they're getting them done in the right right fashion. I, I guess before we let you go, it's always a big event when you open a college football season, but addition to that, we are going to have the Ring of Honor ceremony on Friday night with – those guys going in, and it's going to be so great to have those six um, be a part of that. Uh, four of them have played in the era in which I've been at Kansas State, and then a, a couple of other guys. Darren Howard was a brilliant player here, and Larry Brown. What a, what a great time, right? I mean, to bring all of those people back to campus and what they mean to K-State is pretty special. Yeah, you know, it's my first Ring of Honor opportunity, really. Uh, why We haven't had one since I've been here. Obviously, we've had a, a Hall of Fame induction, and that's always fun. But, uh, you know, like you said, the, the names up there are going to be, you know, means a lot to get up there. It's not an easy um, it's not an easy honor to achieve uh, in terms of when you look at all the other names. And they'll add to that. I'm anxious to meet some of the, some of the guys going in. I've not had a chance to meet them, so... It's always a special thing, and I, you know, we're going to have them back. And it's going to be a, just a cool opportunity for our fans to to thank them for uh, what they did to K State football or K State football. Where in the stadium are the names going to be placed? They're going to be on the west side, uh, underneath the club area, uh, is where they'll go. And All there's right. Room, there's room for future names to go up there. Oh, for sure. There's plenty of space. Gene Taylor, our guest. I just got one more for you, sure. uh, as, and it's about football. Uh, obviously, there's still accident and reentry. You, you've mentioned that on on podcasts. I mentioned on Bosco's Bosco's boys. So there's no change there. Um, but when it comes to protocol for game days, has anything changed? or Is it pretty much the same? Well, you know, obviously the biggest change will be the parking uh, because of the addition of the indoor football. We've, we've reassigned and got everybody's spaces and some traffic. Uh, we do think Kimball, we, I, I think we know Kimball will be open and fully operational, which will be big. Um, the entrances on the east side, there's some brand new entrances, but there is still some construction fence uh, for the first couple of weeks. So uh, the, the concourse on the east side has really improved. We've got a new team store over there. But most of our operations uh, will still be the same uh, as we have as we have been in the past. All right, Gene. Appreciate your time. Hope to talk to you in a couple of weeks, and uh, let's go get them on Saturday. Yeah, look forward to uh, many conversations and hopefully a lot of a lot of success. Thank you, Gene. We'll talk to you Thanks, soon, guys. Thanks, bud. That's Case Athletics Director Gene Taylor here on the game. Uh, when we come back, let's get back into the Big Twelve conversation because there is a slate of games. Uh, coming up this uh, this week, well, not just this weekend, but Thursday and Friday. Plus, uh, we'll wrap up with some fun questions with Wyatt when we come back here on Wildcat Insider. So looking at the Big 12 schedule for this week and, and weekend, there's two games on Thursday featuring Big 12 teams. Now, Oklahoma State hosting Central Michigan. Really, the only thing you think about when you uh, hear that matchup is what happened a handful of years ago. I think it was the 16th or 17th season when – Central Michigan won on that Hail Mary at the end of the game with a lateral to uh, in, a, in, a, in a play that should have never taken place. But yeah, It was 2016, it, yeah. You're 2016, right. yeah, yeah. And, the, and the Pokes are a 21-point favorite at home. That's a Thursday 6 o'clock kick on FS1. But at the same time on ESPN, the backyard brawl is finally renewed, and we'll get to see the debut of JT Daniels, a quarterback for West Virginia, at Pitt and you know Pitt doesn't sell out what used to be Heinz Field. I don't know what it is now, but that game is sold out. Yeah, 
So a lot of West Virginia fans are going to travel for this one. That's going to be a great atmosphere. Just all around looking forward to that game. I'd like to see what JT Daniels has to do. But the the, the hype about Pitt, I don't quite understand it. I guess I just don't know much about him. But it just kind of felt like a one and done with now Kenny Pickett gone. Well, it's very interesting. To me, this has been a rivalry in college athletics that has probably been a little bit looked over in this part of the world for a long, long time. I kind of w- would equate it to, even though they're in different states, the the space between, distance between Manhattan and Lawrence with Pittsburgh and Morgantown. You're, yeah. You're talking about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. They are, I mean, it is a big-time competition. There's a reason they call that what they do in terms of the rivalry. It's, it's I, I'm anxious to see this game because – we haven't seen Daniels on a big stage. Pitt, I think, was really good a year ago with Kenny Pickett. What will they be now? And can West Virginia go in there at a very difficult place to play and win? And and probably the crowd will be, what, two-thirds Pitt? Maybe a little more? Is it 50-50? I was I don't thinking know about that. 50-50. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mountaineer fans are very passionate about their, their team, and uh, especially when it comes to playing Pittsburgh. The cheapest ticket on secondary sites right now for that game is $115. Wow. So that should tell you a little something about the hype around that game. Now, Friday, two more Big 12 teams in action. KU hosting Tennessee Tech. And I saw somewhere, like, I don't think it was like an official line, but KU is projected to be a 30-point favorite. Okay. Uh, But 9 o'clock ESPN Friday is TCU at Colorado. Now, TCU to me is a bit tricky. Um, I, I just I don't know. I don't consider them a top half team, but could they pull off a win at Colorado? I'm I just I know they're a 14 point favorite on the road. The odds tell you yes. They're actually a 14 point favorite. Yeah, 13 and a half. Are they really? Yeah. My goodness. I don't know. Like if I was a, if I was betting on this game, which hey September 1st we can all start right. Uh, I'm picking Colorado. Hmm. I, I think it'll be a very entertaining game. And what I mean by that is, is I think, like what we talked about earlier in the show with the league, we don't really know exactly yet what TCU will be. I'll give you one example. Today, they, like K-State, released their first week depth chart. Three quarterbacks. <laughs> and the coach said all three will play. In a road game... In Boulder. Come on, Sonny. Don't you think that's a little different? A little bit. So do you see that is as their strength and he likes what he has? Or when you have two or three, you don't really have one guy? I mean, you could read that differently, right? At least I think. I, I think Colorado could win, but I think TCU could go in there and win. They have good personnel. Who was backing up Max Duggan last year? Do you Morris. Is, and is he, he, yeah. Chandler Morris, he's yeah. still there? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see them two fighting for that starting job, but the, a third now in the mix. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't think that's a good look. Well, if you're TCU, and and they do that sometimes with the with the depth charts just to get those fresh. Texas is notorious about putting all those high high ranking freshmen on there, and then they don't play for a long time. This may be a little different, though. Um, we'll see, but I'm I'm anxious to see how this one plays out. I. I've got uh, 
some work to do on Friday night with the Ring of Honor MC stuff, but uh, I'll be taping and watching that one. I mean, TC, the last three years, maybe even four, I mean, they've been 500 at best. Yeah. I, well, it starts at nine. I might, I mean, I could probably see two thirds of it. Until you got to go to bed, right? Well, bedtime. As Stan Weber would say, sleep's overrated. That's what I say. <laughs> I think. I think a good night's rest is over. Well, it, it isn't, but right, right. I just don't do the right things. I don't go to bed when I should, but I love to take a nap. It's, it's funny how that works. Now, Saturday, I don't know if there's a whole lot to get excited for, I guess. Um, UTEP at Oklahoma, that'll be a big one for OU. Yeah, there's just – I mean, I guess the Monroe at Texas game might be interesting, but, but it's probably not going to be interesting. Texas is a 37.5-point favorite. I'm just waiting for Texas to crumble. They've already had some uh, drama in the last couple of weeks where a player gets suspended and from being arrested. They had two players who are probably going to start. Uh, They would start. Uh, They tore up their knees, so now they're out for the season, including who they were really looking forward to playing, that transfer wide receiver from Wyoming who was supposed to be really good. And their best offensive lineman and junior, Angela. That's right. Yeah. That's a fairly significant blow. Now – one could argue there are two five-star tackles, true freshmen, that they can plug in there. Uh, all things being equal, I would take Angelao in the opening game, just being honest about that. I don't know if you're buying or selling on Texas as being a real threat to, to win the league. or Because, I mean, there, there are people literally picking them to win this conference. Yes, they are, there are, but... I mean, I've seen, I don't see it. No, I don't. But now, Quinn Ewers at quarterback. I'm sure he's going to be good. But and uh, of course, you have the, now the Heisman race between B. John Robinson and Deuce Vaughn. At the very least, who's going to be the best running back in the Big Twelve? But <laughs> the Heisman advantage is going to go to B. John Robinson because he's from Texas. Um, let me ask you this question. I'm going to. I asked John Kurtz this question Friday. I'm going to ask this question to Derek Young and Cole Manbeck on Power K Game Day Saturday. Okay. Who finishes with a better record? Iowa State or Texas? That's a really good question. Um, I might beg off on that till next week because <laughs> I and for one reason only, I, I want to study the conference schedule of each because just off the top of my head, uh, let me just look while we're talking about. I I believe who are you going to look up? I'll look up the other team. I'm looking up Iowa State because I, I think I like their conference schedule better than most. They have Baylor at home. Then they have at Kansas, Kansas State at home, at Texas, then Oklahoma and West Virginia at home, at Oklahoma State, Tech at home, and at TCU. That is a relatively decent schedule, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it is. Texas will will have their conference row games, uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, K-State, and KU. But they do play Alabama. Mm-hmm. And I listen, week three, Texas, I'm telling you, watch out for UTSA. I'm not kidding. Like, is UTSA going to win that game? That might be a stretch. But to push Texas, there's a chance. Especially hangover if you get just slaughtered by Alabama in the first half, everybody starts leaving because it's too hot and the game kicked at 11 a.m. It's a fair point because – I think there will be a lot of people that 
just predict that Alabama will walk in there and roll them. Do you think they will? Yes, I do. I think you can certainly make that argument. If that happens, what's the hangover into next week? Those are things that are hard to take into consideration when you're in the preseason and this team's going to do this and this team's going to do that. But, I mean, you don't have to look too far here. I mean, I've, I've got a list that Texas has in their recruiting class from the, for this year, true freshmen now. They have two five-stars and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen four-stars. You can throw all the stars you want at me, Wyatt. But that's my point. You just met, you just <laughs> yeah. said it. Yes. No question. All right. Um, As they say in Missouri, show me. <laughs> and I, I don't get it. This, this is the same every year. That, yes, they have great players. They have really good players, however you want to say that. But what were they last year? Five and seven. Five and seven, yeah. you got to be Lost better to than KU. that. Yes. I'm just, I just got to see more before I'm jumping on any of their yep. wagons. Yep. I'm sorry. Got to see it before I believe it. Yep. Prove it to me. No doubt. All right. We're about to wrap up, but um, before we do, I did want to sprinkle in. So I'm going to bring a new segment to Powercade Game Day this year. It's called Meet the Wildcats, where I pull a player to the side at the press conferences and just ask them questions about themselves. But it's like fun, random questions to get to know them a little bit. I'm going to sprinkle them in through the uh, football season, and we're going to get to know Wyatt Thompson just a little bit more. So the the first question I have at the top of the list, I'll just go down the list as we go through the weeks. Okay. Who was your favorite athlete growing up? Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a really good one. Uh, I suppose it depends on the sport. The, the, the guy that came to mind for basketball for me would probably have been Jerry West, who was a great, great guard with the Lakers. Um, baseball, so many because, uh, I mean, I grew up in that area, era where, you know, the Cardinals had Lou Brock and Bob Gibson and people like that. And, my, you know, my dad was from Illinois. It was, I inherited being a Cardinal fan, right, right or wrong. Um, and then football, I think there would be so many. If I'm being perfectly honest – Probably the the best answer is Gary Spaney. Oh, okay. I, I loved everything about him. I loved his name. I loved the way he played. I mean, he, the guy went out and made 20, 25 tackles every week. <laughs> um, he was pretty darn good. Uh, so those are guys that, that, that come to Ryan right away. That's pre- that's a pretty good list, wouldn't you say? It is. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, of course, you know, I was born in 1990, so sure. my list won't be that interesting. Um, but mine will be circulating around K-State. Now, when I really started following K-State football was in the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, David Allen was oh, my boy. guy. Absolutely. I just, I mean, for obvious reasons, I, he just kind of stood out a little bit more to me like than a Michael Bishop or Jonathan Beasley. Um, and then you transition into my favorite athlete of all time, and that'd be Darren Sproles. Oh, wow. That I, is I a was good called one. Little Sproles when yeah. I played football in junior high and high school. <laughs> Uh, I was a little guy that could run fast. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't as strong, and I couldn't cut like he could. Sure, I could throw a little spin move once in a while, but yeah. and also my stamina was terrible. Well, if I'm if I'm picking a K State basketball player, for me as a high school kid, it was easy, Lon Kruger. That's a good one. Yeah. Now my days of watching K State basketball again. We're talking late '90s into the 2000s. Yeah, there's there's a fairly different. <laughs> 
It wasn't too great. But I will throw out there Jeremiah Massey. There you go. I, I did cling on to Jeremiah Massey because he was really good. Yes, he was. Now, also, I, I guess a professional basketball player I could toss in there, uh, Jason Terry, when he played for the Mavericks. There you go. I was a big Jason Terry. And Steve Nash, you could throw them – Kind of in the same category, a couple of guards uh, that could really shoot the basketball. And, and Steve Nash was a great passer as well. And I mean, just whoever was going through the Mavericks organization in the early to mid-2000s, I kind of, uh, like, for some reason, I could get a lot of Mavericks games in Morganville, Kansas. That that makes sense. I think, I think I'll give you a pro football player to close here. Okay. Uh, th- this dates me, certainly, but I was – you have to go back and research this now. But Jim Hart, quarterback for the St. Louis football Cardinals, and their safety, Larry Wilson, who basically was missing two of his three front I mean, two front teeth. Yeah. He, he was one tough rascal. I love those guys. My pro football guy was Troy Aikman. Big Cowboys fan. Oh, there you go. All right, Wyatt, thank you so much. And Now we're off next week, but in two yep. weeks, another edition of Wildcat Insider. So we'll talk to you then. You got it, buddy. Appreciate right. it. For Travion Berklin, Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. you closer to the locker room than anyone else this is wildcat insider wildcat insider an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the k-state sports network news radio 1350 kman